L-A. His name is Ned. E-R-S. That's a stupid name. He's worse than Frankenstein or Dr. No. You can't upset him even slightly. He just smiles and nods politely, then goes home and worships nightly. His leftorium is an emporium of woe. F-L-A. Don't yell at Ned. D-E-R. His wife is dead. Everybody hates that stupid jerk. Springfield rocks with Homer's joyous loathing. Filling clubs with angry Valentinos. You don't have to move your feet. Just hate Flanders to the disco beat. Is your perky, peppy, nightmare neighborino? If you despise polite left-handers, then I doubt you'll like Ned Flanders or his creepy little offspring, Rod and Todd. That's us! Hooray! F-L-A. His name is Ned. E-R-S. He is so white bread. The smiling mustache geek who walks with God. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review episode EABF13. It is Dude, Where's My Ranch? I'm Dando. I'm Guy. Dude, Where's My Ranch? So this obviously was a play on Dude, Where's My Car, which was a very big film at the time. Yeah, was it early two, it was early 2000s, wasn't it? It wasn't it late was. 90s. It was early 2000s. Yeah. I think it might have been 2000, in fact. That sounds about right. The, very uh, Amer- American Pie era. Yeah. The, the, the glory days of Ashton Kutcher and Sean William Scott, a.k.a. Stifler, together for the first time and probably the last, I think. Yeah, I, I don't think they've ever done anything together unless he punked him in an episode. I can imagine him punking oh, Sean William Scott. Ashton. All that punking. <laughs> God, we were very big on punking in the early aughts, weren't we? What well, a larrikin. <laughs> oh, a character. <laughs> Someone, like, really got all teary-eyed about it. I think it might have been Timberlake. About what? He got punked. Oh, and, really? Okay. Yeah, and he was like, oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> you know, before it was realized, before the um, the revelation that was actually Ashton Kutcher pulling the strings. And Timberlake- not going to lie, I enjoyed punked when I was younger. I don't think I really watched all of it. I'm not a huge fan of practical jokes. I think I've said that on the show in the past. Really? Yeah. Not yeah. a fan. I am a fan. So you watch out, buddy. Oh, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. So, dude, where's my ranch? This episode, I had very, 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 very low expectations about because I remember just, I didn't remember much about it at all, to be completely honest. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, that's just a nothing episode. Then I rewatched it and I posted this in the Patreon group. I said, season 14 episodes tend to be, I watch them and they're fine. And then I rewatch them and I enjoy them a hell of a lot more. I don't know. I can't really pinpoint or explain why that is. But we'll discuss it with the patrons last night on the Patreon exclusive Zoom chat that we do once a month. Yes. About how this was by no means a great episode, but it was a good episode. It was fine. It was. Here's a, here's a theory I've been formulating. Okay. The Simpsons was so good for so long that it kind of transcended the sitcom. Mm-hmm. It became kind of its own thing. It's like situation comedies are good, but the Simpsons, I mean. Come on. Then when The Simpsons sort of, not fell off, but dialed it down a little bit and just became a sitcom, it was still a pretty good sitcom, but it wasn't The Simpsons anymore. It was just like, oh, this is a good family uh, family comedy. That's what this episode was. It's, it reminded me of something like an episode of, like, not necessarily Family Ties or, Brady the, Bra- or, or the Brady Bunch or something. <laughs> but Home, imp- home Improvement. Uh, yeah, a family goes and gets into wacky scrapes. Tim Tim takes the family to the ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Tie in Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I didn't even mean that. <laughs> Nicely done, mate. Um, yeah, look, we'll get to JTT, although yeah, yeah. I think we could say off the bat, good guest. Good guest work from JTT. I had no idea it was JTT till I went back and did my research for the on the wiki page. I, I guess obviously he was older by this point, so his voice had broken. Mm. I always knew him as young JTT, but yeah, he was fine. They didn't give him a lot to work with, which seems to be a lot of the cases here with, with guest stars lately. But for what he was given, I thought he was fine. True. Now, this episode had the best of both worlds, I think, when it came to guest stars, in that you had someone who was just themselves and very much played into their own persona, but also entertained you with it. 
that's Mr. David Byrne, who I think, mm-hmm. you know, just threw himself 100%, 150% of this episode. Had, yeah. he, he was clearly having a great time doing it. Um, and then you've got someone like Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who just decided to play the character and um, just gave a good and gave a good performance as well. I mean, you wouldn't go... I mean, I wasn't necessarily a huge Home Improvement fan or someone had a picture of JTT on my wall, or did I? Um, but I came away going, hey, that kid did a good job as, a, as the voice of Luke. I, I yeah. believed him as like a good-natured young cowboy. I wasn't a huge fan of Lisa from this episode. I found mm-hmm. it seems that... I, wrote, I responded to somebody on Twitter about this because they said they didn't like this episode because Lisa doesn't act like an eight-year-old. She's... She, potentially send someone to their death because she's fallen in love with somebody on a a crush. But there's a couple of things I didn't like. A, that angle, the fact that Lisa just became a monster and was willing to have Clara, Clara or Clara, however you say it, die so that she could keep Luke. But it's like the writers, because they use her as a device to voice their agendas, she's like, they live vicariously through Lisa. They forget that she's eight years old. Right. So, it's like sometimes that I could buy this if it was like a 16, 17 year old, you know, first crush, blah, blah, blah. But she's eight. An eight year old wouldn't do that, in my opinion. And the thing is, they say, my first crush, my first crush. Oh, it's her first crush. Uh, Nelson. There's a yeah. whole fucking episode about Nelson being the first crush. Did we forget about that? Uh, just There's been multiple crushes as far as I yeah. can tell. I don't, uh, Langdon Alga, like she, she's hmm. she's mentioned numerous. Is that, the, cute, she's is that a, the nice little kid who likes puzzles? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that guy. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> we've, we've we've established that she's had a crush before. So I know it's just a cartoon, but things like that. It's like we can't just pretend it never happened. And also, when they have her say, "I think that pony would prefer if I didn't ride its back," I'm like, Lisa used to always want a pony. pony. That was her thing. She wanted a pony. All the time, so she could ride it around. Now she's a free to bet fucking hippie who doesn't want to get on. I'm like, come on, calm down, guys. Yeah, you've she's got eight. that's something you can actually make interesting. The fact that she is a child who likes childish things, who likes ponies, who gets crushes on boys, but also has this very defined social conscience of like, oh, I really want to be a princess on a pony, but at the same time, oh, does that horse want me on its back? I mean, maybe I'm reaching here but i think you could turn that into something funny not necessarily a whole episode around it but even just a little joke about mm, oh pony but still oh but pony mm. yeah i think Lee, uh, for me the character of lisa works best when she's acting well, uh, i seem to like her the most when she's acting like an eight-year-old when she's behaving in, you know, uh, there was an episode was it like two weeks ago maybe it was even last week when she was going to be the astronomer and she giggled as she ran off yeah we liked just she was like a little kid <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's what I liked. But what I did like about this episode was the B plot. I had a lot of fun with Homer and Bart and the Native <laughs> Americans trying to get rid of this beaver, the beavers. <laughs> it, was just, it just felt like classic Simpsons, particularly the call the Simpsons from season one where Bart and Homer get stuck in the uh, in the forest. They get that's right, for themselves yeah. against the animals. It just reminded me of that, yeah. No, it was good, wasn't it? It was very, um, very funny, very ingenious in parts as well. I liked the, um, well... Again, I'm sort of skipping ahead a bit, but uh, the whole solution with the with the beavers at the end, when it's Bart and Lisa and Clara in the uh, in the woods, I thought that was pretty neat. But yeah, yeah. I like I like the B plot as well. I mean, y- your mileage is going to vary with Homer this episode because he does some terrible things, but he also does some not bad things. Hey, my favorite! All right, what was your favorite moment from Dude Where's My Ranch, Mister Davis? Uh, look, a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all. The return of the Mo Sizzlack experience. <laughs> or the Mo, the Mo Sizzlack connection. Oh, was, this, was it the Mo Sizzlack connection this time around? I'm pretty sure. I, I wrote the notes. Let's skim through my notes. It was at the very end. The it Mo Sizzlack connection produced by David Byrne. Oh, okay. <laughs> Look, the Mo Sizzlack anything is okay Something, by yeah, me. Something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's usually pretty good. I'm, I clearly <laughs> have such a soft spot for the Mo Sizzlack experience that I wrote it down in capital letters. Featuring even, Homer. <laughs> even though it wasn't the, really the thing. Um... A line that I really liked was when they're singing Christmas carols at Krusty's place. And Krusty said, for this, I tied my bathrobe. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. That's that's me at the door when you know people are delivering Amazon packages. It's like, <laughs> it turns out to be like a Jehovah's Witness. What? For this, I tied my bathrobe. <laughs> and, um, and I mentioned David Byrne, but... Yeah, Look, for mine, yeah, David Byrne is just the best type of guest, someone who 
just brings their persona, but also just their energy to mm-hmm. it. I mean, and they're open for anything or the game for anything. And he just seemed to be having such a great time. It's something I really uh, dig about David Byrne. He seems like a someone who you not necessarily goes at everything full throttle, but they're curious about doing a whole bunch of different things and they always bring a lot of good positive energy to it. And yeah, what he did here, I thought was just great. I really liked the, you ever seen the movie Misery? <laughs> <laughs> this will be all new to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus the, the payoff. So at the end, that yeah, that he's now producing Mo's song. Yeah. <laughs> but I also liked the payoff where there was a moment in this episode where I rolled my eyes and went, oh, that was fucking stupid. It meant nothing. And then they actually paid it off about a minute later. I was like, okay, okay. I, I take it back. So it's when Cookie starts dancing, right? He's like, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. I'm like, what was... The- I literally wrote my notes. What was the point of that? And then Lisa goes to go to bed. Bart's in bed. She goes up to the next one. Cookie's in the bed. I was like, I like that. <laughs> next question. You there, eating the paste. Trivia for Dude, Where's My Ranch? Kick off, Mr. Davis. Okay, I shall, Mr. Dando. What are the musical notes now owned by Disney? Uh, a, it's either A minor, or A flat, and G natural. It a, is a flat? It is A flat and G flat. natural. G natural. That would be my hip-hop name. I think G natural. <laughs> it really would work. <laughs> I actually like that gag as well. It's just, it's just funny hearing them poke fun at Disney. And now they're mm, oh, by now Disney. That they're, yeah, now that they're part of that mouse house. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What was the headline of the news article when Homer's song is going to... One of your questions. <laughs> uh, Flan Slam is number one jam. Yeah. And good. the sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> the picture of Homer in the shades. <laughs> oh, I loved it. That was one of my questions. <laughs> we didn't discuss the um, the song. What did you think of it? Because they, people actually... So this is pitched as like the Christmas episode. Even though about 30 seconds of it is about at Christmas time, and then yeah. it just skips way ahead. Yeah. What did you think of the whole first act of the Homer singing the Flanders song? <laughs> Dreadful message, but awfully catchy. Very, very catchy. Is what I've written here. <laughs> yeah, they just needed a reason to, to get out onto the ranch. It was it was fine. It's very. It seems to be, a lot of people remember Homer singing the Flanders song, but it's, they don't know what episode it comes from. Mm. It's just, yeah, so it's this one. All right, my next... Oh, no, your next question, sorry. Well, speaking of the song, hmm. how does the song spell Flanders? Oh, it's... I, I, I thought Disney Plus might have been fucking it up, but no, so it's F-L-A-N-R-D-S? It's D-R-S, there's no way. D-R-S. <laughs> I'm like, is the joke meant to be that he can't spell Flanders? <laughs> and everyone just goes along with no, no one corrects him? I think it's, just, I think it's an SMRT thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so how much do the Native Americans charge for a photograph? Oh. Oh. I don't know. Five dollars or three for twelve? <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, at the memorial, mm-hmm. how many dead Indians? How many lost hats? Fifty-six, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And four hats. Yes. My next question is, what did the ranch used to be? It was the Wandering Eye Nudist Colony. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I've never been to a nudist beach or a nudist colony. I feel like that's the kind of thing you would have tried out in your past. I have not. You have not? Okay. No. Um, I am ashamed of... <laughs> Thank you for not making fun of my genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be me at a nudist beach. <laughs> I think before the lovely Louise and I met, she went on a date with a guy who took her to a nudist beach. Oh, my. Yeah, and she's subsequently... Drop that zero and go with the hero, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, did she go to the nudist beach? No. Well, I think she went to the beach but didn't get nude. What a weird date. I know, right? It's got. It's kind of like, well, this is what I'm into, so I might as well just go balls deep straight away, right? Like, if, I mean, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm also, like, this is what I'm into. If you're not into it, so be it. Let's just part ways right now. Could be. That's. It's probably a good philosophy if you, if, you know, get all your junk out on the table, so to speak, yeah. um, on, on the first date. <laughs> all right, your next question. Who uh, is performing at the dance? That is the Stooped Over Fiddler. <laughs> it is. I remember that one. <laughs> How much was the deck of cards that the Beavers ruined? It was $17. $17 deck of cards, yeah. Indeed. Uh, I think I have one more for you. One more, okay. Uh <laughs> Let's see. Something to do with... Oh, I haven't written a proper question. I've got the mm-hmm. answer and like a very 
vague sort of question. Something yep. to do with... Oh, forget it. <laughs> okay. I don't know the is question. The, is the answer 40? <laughs> <laughs> the answer... Okay. Here's the answer. You have to give me the question. Okay. Beef hormones and fluorescent lighting. Beef hormones and fluorescent lighting. The hint is it's got something yeah. to do with kids growing up. Kids, yeah. <laughs> what is causing the Barton? What is causing Barton Lisa to act older than what they actually are? I think that might be it. Or what is causing Maggie to dance with Britney Spears? <laughs> that's correct. But yeah, that's dumbass two thousands joke. Didn't yeah. like it. Have they it pulled was- that before? It was the recently to the sex bomb, sex bomb, Maggie I dancing. Don't, I don't like it. I won't have Maggie dancing to these raunchy songs. I love the sex bomb gag. <laughs> Not for me. All right, my final question is: What did the what was like one of the subheadings on the newspaper? I don't know, the magazine, the Native American magazine that she finds in the mail once the river gets drained out. Oh damn it! It's something you'd see on Just Shoot Me. It says what. Your end feather says about you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because it was Peace Pipe Aficionado, wasn't it? That's correct. Yes, yes. well played. The original air date of Dude, Where's My Ranch? was April 27th, 2003. It was written by Ian Maxstone Graham, who wrote the episode where Maud gets killed, hmm. and directed by Chris Clements. Guest stars, obviously, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Andy Circus, by the way, which we didn't mention, as Cleany. I was a bit astonished by that. I mean, it's like, oh, I guess it's Return of the King time, or... We're, in, we're deep in Lord of the Rings fever. Oh, of yeah. course, he'd do a golem joke. And then sitting through the end credit, Andy Circus, they got the yeah. actual Schmeagel. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you had Circus there. That's all he did. That's all he did. <laughs> I feel like I feel like they were just hanging out with Andy Circus one day. And they're like, hey, can you do your golem impression? He's like, my precious. And they just recorded it without him knowing. And they just put it into the episode. Thanks, dude. <laughs> And uh, the cash gag was the Simpsons are all mimes, which has been used before. Was it? Mime? I thought they were crash test dummies. No, no, the, the mimes that sit on the imaginary okay. couch. That's what it says here on the wiki oh, page. Okay, I always skip intro now. <laughs> I ain't got time for those cash gags anymore. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Nicholas man. influence. You don't believe in nothing no more. I don't believe in nothing no more. That's all right. So the episode kicks off with the Simpsons singing Christmas carols because, you know, it's the Christmas episode. They're mm. singing Silver Bells. I like that one. That's one of my favourites. It's Christmas time in the city. Are you, like- well, let's just say, it's, it's, are you getting into the Christmas spirit at the moment? Like this, it's December now. We've got the, mm. We put the Christmas tree up like November 26th or something. Elliot's super amped for Christmas this year, which means I'm super amped. For, I'm wearing a Christmas jumper. Do you want to describe to the listeners what's on my Christmas jumper? It is the genie from Aladdin. Yes, as we uh, wish a, you a Merry Christmas. Yes, and he's got a huge big grin on his face and he's surrounded by polka dots. It is a hell of a sweater. It's got uh, lamps on the arms and stuff. I've also got a Lion King one. I've got a Sonic one, a Crash Bandicoot one, a Jurassic Park one. All about Christmas, I am. Nice one, Dando. Um, I am not wearing anything of the type. <laughs> I'm just wearing a, a plain blue sweatshirt. It says bar humbug. <laughs> <laughs> it says Grinch better have my money. <laughs> so, yeah, so the singing silver bells. Very, you see various people. So Snake's actually robbing people. Uh, Burns and Smithers have released the hounds. It's their Christmas and, too. It's so their yeah. Christmas too, yeah. And then we get Krusty and the Rabbi that you mentioned earlier. Have a nice Christmas, have a Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. 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 Non-Christian friend. It's even worse than I'm dreaming of a whitefish Christmas. For this, I tied my bathrobe. It was Jackie Mason, the late Jackie Mason, who played Rabbi Krostovsky. Right. Yeah, but yeah, but he not is this not time. mentioned in the guest stars here. So yeah, I don't know when Jackie Mason died. I, I don't. Know. He didn't. He was still voicing it in like season twenty-six. Okay, well then clearly not. He's still listening <laughs> around, but I don't think they. <laughs> they can get Andy Circus in for one line, but they can't get Jackie Mason in. Cease and desist. You are forbidden to perform that song without paying royalties to the copyright owner. Nobody owns Christmas carols. They belong to everyone. Like grapes at the grocery store. Not true. But you are welcome to sing the many beloved public domain carols, such as O Tannenbaum, Good King Wenceslas, Hey Zoo, Joy of Man's Desiring. Oh, duck. They're worse than nothing. I find myself in constant fear of when, you know, I'll be singing happy birthday to someone that someone's going to be monitoring and say, you owe us $26, please. John Lovitz just randomly rocks up to your house. That'd be $26, please. <laughs> $26. <laughs> please. Pay up. 
That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what he would say too. <laughs> I love Homer's response to this though when he's saying, you can use these old, you know, public domain Christmas carols. Oh, suck. Yeah. It was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Worse than nothing's a pretty good payout. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, just find that hilarious. Uh, Homer decides he's going to write his own Christmas carol. Um, You know, if he can write, if he can make his own clothes, he's going to write his own carol. So he gives up on the carol pretty quickly. So he's like, he's right. What's what's that say? Give me tons of presents now, now, now. now. Then Flanders arrives to join in and help out, but he throws Flanders out. This is where he gets the idea to write a song, a hate song about Flanders. But before that, though, I did like the Sub-Zero-esque water freezing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. the, the plain favoured popsicle for Ned, and then Homer gets his face caught in the frozen hose. A very nice visual gag. Well done, Simpsons. He then gets his inner B-sharp, and he brings it out again, Homer. He's very talented when it comes to writing songs on the piano. He really is. I mean, yeah. I think if you put his mind to it, he could probably have a bit of a career, if not as a professional songwriter than certainly a creator of jingles yeah for sure what is this song actually called oh, do you remember i don't know should we look it up let's look it up right homer's ned flanders song looking it up homer's ned flanders song everybody hates ned flanders okay <laughs> it's just called the, the simpsons everybody hates ned flanders medley that's what it's called okay because it's got good lyrics a, a catchy melody a, a chorus that uh, everybody likes yeah i just like the fact that he incorporated lenny and carl into it I like that as well. That balanced out the fact that, you know, Homer threw in the lyric, his wife is dead. It's like, oh, man. What's well, like two or three episodes? In a, was, it, was it two out of three where he, he pays out Flanders a couple of episodes ago about his wife being dead? Something like that. But just the really childish, sneery tone he puts on this. His, his wife is dead. His, his wife is dead. It's like, but, Jesus, Homer, come but on. I think, I think that line, though, isn't that because, isn't he saying you can't make fun of him because his wife is dead? He's, like, he's, try, he's trying to be nice, I think, but he's just Maybe, horrible. But he's just, yeah. He has come up with what David Byrne accurately calls a cruel hate song. Yeah, so, yeah, he walks into Moe's, David Byrne, from, and they have to do the whole, oh, from talking heads, David Byrne, explain to the younger viewers who just he is. Case, I, yes. When I was a kid, I would have had no idea. I knew, I knew the talking head songs because yeah. their song, Road to Nowhere, was the grand finale of the movie Little Monsters, one of my favourite films of all time with Howie Mandel. Oh, and Fred Savage. Yes, yeah. I used to uh, love Road to, Road to Nowhere as a result of that movie. Terrible movie, I know, but loved it when I was a kid. Uh, but yeah, he's been studying indigenous music of Springfield. He wants to produce their song. Takes him to the recording studio, and he's there with Lenny and Carla all singing, having a great time. David Byrne chimes in with his own style as well. <laughs> um, he's playing it live. in the, I like that he's playing it live in the CD store. Do you remember this, when you go to the CD store and listen to, to, to tracks? Oh, yeah. To, to test out the CD, whether you want to actually invest in it or not. <laughs> And then the New Age nightclub and Homer's... It's, so what's the gag here? So Homer's just like constantly in his jacket dancing with him. Yeah, pretty much. Well, that's, that's you, it? You know, you know David Byrne in the big suit? No, I didn't know he wore, I didn't know he wore a big suit, no. Oh, um, it's from the concert film Stop Making Sense. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah I didn't he's, know this. All he's right. in this white suit that's basically like, yeah, three sizes too big for him, but it's structured ah. so he just looks like a big person with, okay. a little, with a little head. So, and that became, yeah, kind of a... Yeah, a bit of an iconic thing of the of the eighties. I remember seeing a gig of theirs once a concert where they like built the stage as he was performing. They did a lot of stuff like that. Talking Heads was very avant garde. I mean, they were a bunch of art school ponces, essentially. Were they really okay? <laughs> uh, who just came up with a you know a bunch of banging tunes as well. It was pretty funny to hear that Flanders and the kids were enjoying the song about themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Rod and Todd sort of singing along with their bits. Yeah. And then uh, you got a poo singing at a karaoke and then the church choir. So everyone's just getting on board. They're all loving this song. The family are now all doing dishes. This was nice to see. Family dishes time. Mm. All helping out, chiming in like a conveyor belt. And they hear the William Shatner version. I'm not sure who was doing that William Shatner, but it wasn't that great. No, but then William Shatner's not that great. <laughs> no, he's not very good at singing. Uh, no. Anyway. <laughs> uh, have you ever seen the interview? I think it was like last year. Apparently he was signed to do some convention in Australia. But then, like, COVID happened, and then we went back in lockdown, blah, blah, blah. But he does this interview on, like, the Seven News in Australia. Yeah. And you can tell that he has fucking no clue what the convention is, who he's talking to, what the name is. <laughs> and he's just... But he's, like... He somehow fucking pulls it off. Oh, Shatner. You can tell that he doesn't know what he's talking about, but he pulls through. He's been doing <laughs> this long enough that... Uh 
Big Bill knows what time it is. <laughs> he, he just, yeah, he just hits all the points. <laughs> it's, it's actually what it's a man. Quite, it's quite amazing to watch. <laughs> I, I think we'll all be a bit sad when William Shatner goes where no man has boldly where boldly goes where no man has gone before. He's the equivalent, I think, of say when Mark Hamill passes for Star Wars fans. Yeah, it's all. I mean, Leonard Nimoy was pretty huge as well. It was. It was. Yeah, but but Shatner's just everyone knows Shatner. They do. <laughs> do, you know who, do you know who does a good Shatner? Is Ryan Reynolds. Really? Yeah, yeah. Check it out. I should Ryan look it Reynolds, up. Shatner. Anyway, so they're doing dishes. They hear the Shatner version and they're, they're sick of it. You know, Homer now hates his own creation. Now he knows how God, <laughs> God feels. <laughs> <laughs> Marge suggests they all go on a holiday and they look at the, the brochure. Remember, remember these? You, when that was oh, yeah. way to find out information, go to the brochure thing. <laughs> well, my uh, we used to have a motel. I told you about this, I'm sure. Yeah, your dad built it. He did. Around the corner. Yeah. The Parkwood Motel, not far from Dando's house, not far from my house. That's the way it is in Geelong. Um, but uh, we had one of those things in the, in the, lo- in the oh, I call it the lobby. It was not really a lobby. It was a very small thing. But yeah, a rack that's like fun things to do in Geelong and the surrounding area. Did you ever like put things in there that shouldn't be in there? Just to be naughty, Lorraine Star. <laughs> yeah, Lorraine Star and things like that. So that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Merlin's massage parlor. <laughs> I still think you should have left that at the motel. What? It said take one. Balloon ride, wax museum, the Denzel Washington Monument, Colonial Phoenix. Hey, dude, ranch. And there's no radio or TV, so we won't have to hear your song. Sweet. Or we could go to Walter Gropius's Bauhaus Village. And fight the crowds? Forget it. The Simpsons are going to Bart's idea. You know, he says there's no TV or no radio there, so they won't have to hear the stupid song. The thing is, though, they get there and there's internet reception. So clearly uh, there's access to the song. It doesn't matter. It's maybe, but limited. this is also, what, 2003, when we weren't really listening to the radio or watching TV via the internet. No, you're spending 10 minutes just waiting for the dial-up connection just True. to connect. It yeah. was all just blogs. <laughs> yeah, that, that sound has been ingrained in my mind, that dial-up sound. <laughs> and you, you knew it wasn't working when you didn't get the... <laughs> at the end. <laughs> but the Simpsons... Uh, the Simpsons are going to Bart's idea, as Homer says. A funny riff. They're now on the way. David Byrne is playing in the salsa mix. No nos gusta Flanders, es un hombre estupido. Why'd you, Mr. Byrne? You'll slip on the Simon Eyes! Simon Eyes? Can you take me to the hospital? Yeah, no problem. Wasn't that the hospital? Uh, you ever see the movie Misery? Actually, no. Then this will all be new to you. <laughs> very, very fitting for the Mo character. Very much so. I like that he's a David Byrne fan. Although I think he might just be a bit of a, a fan of anyone who's even vaguely famous. I think a Trias of Horror episode based around Misery would be cool. Ooh. Who would play him, though? Yeah. Let's think about that and come back to it. Let us well, know, listeners. Simpsons Mailbag at Patty, Patty and or Selma. With uh, MacGyver. With MacGyver. But instead of Richard Dean Anderson, who's who's like... um The modern day one. Who's a modern day... someone who, Who's someone called Anderson these days? <laughs> Hugo Weaving. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but anyway, we come you back to the commercial. You could get filmmaker Wes Anderson to play himself. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they arrive at the ranch. I like the music you hear. It's just sort of like a country western version mm. of the um, of the of the typical Simpsons intro. They get introduced to the rich Texan, and a uh, comic book guy wants the internet connection, which apparently they do have. But he's got to, he's got to like connect via the fridge or something. The smart sure. fridge. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. Aware that they had smart fridges back in the day like that. I remember when everything's because I suppose we still call TV smart TVs, don't we? We do. Smartphones. Yeah, yeah. Smartphones, yeah, I guess it's all smart still. Yep, still something that sticks. Lisa reads the sign about the hats and the Native Americans and how they've built the legacy on cruelty to animals and the oppression of the natives. Bart doesn't give a shit, though. <laughs> Just, I'm going to go ride a horse. I love this. This is so great. So the people making fun of me for not getting on a horse, I'll show you how we do it. Daddy, I want upsies. <laughs> <laughs> Pokes the tongue out. Well, he sure showed us. <laughs> the rich Texan then says for Marge to go for a ride with Cookie and gives her a choice. I wasn't a huge fan of the Cookie character and I read somewhere where apparently the Cookie character was going to die at some point, but they oh. didn't. Well, they, they killed him off, but oh, I'm not too sure. Lisa is then reading 
the book Let's Go Home or something like that or something <laughs> yeah. Let's Go Home or whatever. Crabby Hayes, what's that a reference to? That's, that reference is lost on me. Uh, there's a gentleman named Gabby Hayes who okay. generally played sort of cookie types in movies. Okay, well, there you go. So Bart calls her Crabby Hayes and then they get interrupted. She's, about, she's going on a rant about not getting on a pony and blah, blah, blah. And then she gets interrupted by Luke Stetson, a.k.a. <laughs> JTT. What a heartthrob. <sighs> what a dreamboat. <laughs> I think we've I think we've talked about JTT on the podcast in the past, but we have yeah. Prop, props, ha- ha- props to that kid for getting out while he could, getting out while he could, go and get an education. From to all intents and purposes, just living a rad life now, and you know all the all the particularly the girls who loved him back in the day are like, oh man, he's really well adjusted, and you know we don't hate him. We're not seeing him all the time, and he's not trying to make a stupid comeback or anything like that. It's just like, hey ladies, I'm JTT, just living that JTT lifestyle. He like he did it right, didn't he? Yeah, he, he made his money right. and got the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are, sometimes you see articles. I think we've discussed it where it's like, "Have you seen JTT? He looks like he's thirty-five now." It's like, <laughs> is that because he's thirty-five now? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he, Luke's basically Lisa's dream girl, our uh, dream guy, I should say. Mm. Uh, he, he protects rattlesnake eggs. The joke being, apparently, rattlesnakes don't actually lay eggs. Oh, was that the let's, joke? Let, let's let's confirm that. Let's confirm that. Rattlesnakes lay eggs? Question mark? <laughs> Is that how you use Google? Rattlesnakes do not lay eggs. So oh. that's the gag there. Luke Stetson, Junior Wrangler. I'm Lisa Simpson, and you're the first person I've met here who cares about our animal equals. Well, if you like animals, you won't want to disappoint that pony over there. She's just aching to show you around. <laughs> I'm sure she'd be happier without someone sitting on her back all day. Well, I'm sorry you're not interested, because I need somebody to help me hang these no-hunting and free-to-bet signs. Andy Circus then arrives as Cleany tidies up their picnic. It just feels like a waste of Circus, but, I mean, if you're going to do a Gollum parody and you can get Circus, why not? Why not do it? <laughs> yeah. But I must admit, when they did it, I thought, oh, this feels like a bit of a cheap cash-in on Lord of the Rings mania, but... Yeah, get into the end credits like, Andy Circus. <laughs> Andy Williams! What? <laughs> the Native Americans then offer uh, a photo op with the grandfather's headdress because he unified the nations of the Western Plains. <laughs> Five dollars or three for twelve. Then I'll, I'll hope Can you make me look like Rambo or Marge like Betty Boop? We want package B. A lot of people say, this is supposed to save our marriage. Yeah. <laughs> One of the funniest lines in the episode, actually, it's just Homer getting all self-righteous, saying, you people are guests in our country and we're treating you like this. Yeah, I just, just about to get to that. It's so funny, isn't it? Oh. So they, they explain that they know they've been screwed since the river was damned mm. by the beavers and then their home is ruined. And, and you know, in retrospect, it was a bad choice making the, the beavers say, God, you people are guests in our country. <laughs> you people are guests in our country. And the beaver have no right to treat you that way. If I get back your land, will you promise to build a casino on it? Sure. And when we do, your breakfast will be comped. How many decks will your blackjack dealers use? Eight. Three. Four. Deal. My brother. Oh, it was really good in this episode. He was. I mean, he got off to a terrible start with his hate song. Oh, I mean, but he was a terrible human being to Flanders, but at least fit the character. Yes. It wasn't just, <laughs> yeah, it was but just, yeah, I just like the, yeah, he's actually doing a good deed here. Him and Bart are actually helping out um, the, the Native Americans here. Yes. So Lisa and Luke then arrive at the waterfall. It's beautiful. I thought this next bit was just bizarre. Um, I, it feels to me like there would have been a setup to this that was deleted scene or something, but Marge just standing behind the cactus. Oh, yeah, <laughs> with, the, with the arms up like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, I, ne- I never, I mean, it's obviously a funny visual, but we never really set up. Marge following them around. Being protective. Yeah, yeah she's, she's just all of a sudden worried about Lisa. And it's like, mm. oh. You, you, yeah, that you, came out of nowhere. It came out of absolutely nowhere. I feel like they must have cut something for time with, with that element to the story. Homer and Bart plan to ruin the dam, but the beavers attack them, don't they? They do indeed. I like the visual Homer falling like a tree as well. <laughs> I wanted to die choking on food. <laughs> what did you say? The little one hasn't got me or the little one can't get me or yeah. something. Bart almost saves him, but um, but no, he doesn't. They ha- they catch up, and yeah, it's just classic Simpsons. Thanks for making me feel better about this place, Luke. Lisa, 
This here is the New West, where we respect our equine and bovine Americans. Uh, well, maybe we should just mosey on over this way. <gasps> Free range, my ass. Tonight, you're going to be swimming next to a matzo ball. <laughs> I-, I think maybe we should just look at the clouds. Oh, ain't that pretty? Oh, it looks like a happy sheep. But then, unfortunately, though, it, you see the signs for, you know, all the different animal cruelty. Oh, I love the cookie here with the, free range, my ass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I thought uh, JTT, I love the delivery here of, oh, damn it. Mm. <laughs> that was, it was really good, well, really well delivered. Marge and Lisa are then relaxing in, not a sauna, what is it? It's like a natural sauna. Oh, it's a natural hot spring. Yeah, natural yeah. hot spring, Okay. We have them in Victoria. I forgot. There's some outside Melbourne. Okay. And I cool. think there may be some down the surf coast. I remember we went to New Zealand and we went to like similar, maybe they were hot springs near the geysers. Mm. Yeah. It was just really, really fucking warm water, but like naturally warm. It was cool. Yeah. But Marge is um, using- Was it the, warm or is it cool? Make up your mind, Dando. <laughs> She's using the uh, the lingo here, like a biscuit and a bucket full of beaver gravy. Do you, do you have a saying like that that you use? My dad, I've mentioned this in the podcast, makes no sense, but he's always used it. He says two things, laughing like a mud crab <laughs> and purring like a hillbilly. Purring like a hillbilly. <laughs> Neither of those make any sense, but they <laughs> do sound good. One that I use, which I think does make sense, <laughs> but it doesn't really sound right coming out of, I think I heard it from some hillbilly or some hillbilly show. It's like, uh, couldn't be happier if I was twins. <laughs> Uh, actually, that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. <laughs> but it does feel like, guys, should you be wearing like a cowboy hat and have a, I was about to say a white beard, or even though I do have a white beard. Marge is not happy though with Lisa, is she, that she likes Luke so much because he's, he's too old. He's 13. She's like, no, no, no you're, you're too young for that. But, you know, but when, when he's 23, she'll be 18. So she'll, be, she'll be legal. Cool. <laughs> but have I missed, have we missed the collar tug? Lisa did a collar tug. She did the collar tug. Oh yeah, when, 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 at the at the cloud. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yes. That's when when they, he says, "Oh, damn it!" Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 it was a pretty funny visual. Like, oh, it's a sheep, and then the, uh, the axe. The axe just cuts the head off. <laughs> they're now playing a song together at night. Um, and the, the the moon is huge, and oh, they're playing Red River Valley. That's right. Mm. They're playing Red River Valley. Um, my Marge. <gasps> they're making beautiful music together. <laughs> Meanwhile, Homer. I love that he's just gone all in. He's plotting the beaver attack. He's got little figurines and he's trying to set up something. Oh, this is useless. This, <laughs> this map is useless, even though it's just the most ornate map I've seen in, in ages. Marge is worried about how fast the kids are growing up and we get the Maggie dancing to Britney Spears. holding. Mm. So she's holding up the Buzz Cola. Was Britney Spears endorsed by a Pepsi or something? I think she may have done a Pepsi ad at some stage. Okay, and like winked at the camera or whatever. It was, just very, it was very yeah. pro- product placement, yeah. Mm. Lisa then notices the sign for the dance. So I've got here. So they have no warning for the people. They just put up a sign of the day. <laughs> Big dance tonight. <laughs> no one had any idea about it. And then Cookie starts dancing. I thought here was random, as I explained earlier, but you know it pays off a little bit later. But this is where Lisa overhears Luke talking on the phone to Clara or Clara. And she says he's going to save the first dance for her and loves her and blah, blah, blah. And she gets really upset. She runs off to bed where she gets shut down by both Bart and Cookie. We come back and Lisa just can't believe it. She can't believe that she fell in love with this guy and he's in love with someone else. He's got a girlfriend. Excuse me, is this the way to the Lazy Eye Ranch? Yeah, it sure is. But a quicker way to the ranch is that shortcut. Thanks, darling. See you at the dance. I look forward to it. <laughs> I hate you. So the line here, she goes, looking forward to it. I hate you. I'm like, that's just not the Lisa character. It's not yeah. an eight-year-old line. It's just, yeah. You're, you're it jumping ahead work. six or seven years there. It didn't work, no. It, it, it needed to be there for the sake of the story, but it didn't just didn't feel right coming I can, from Lisa. I can understand her sending Clara in the wrong direction. Knowing she's going to die? Oh, well, I don't think she knew she was going to die. I think she was just Those like... Those woods look pretty fucking scary, man. I must have... What? Okay, yes, you do have a good point. There was now owls think, hooting now, and everything. Now that I think about the eyes and all that stuff, yes, that was... Uh, okay, I'll take back what I said. <laughs> what were you going to say? 
that I didn't think was that bad. I didn't think Lisa was like, I'm just going to get her lost or she'll just, you know, she'll be traveling around in circles for a while and I'll have Luke order myself. It's fine. Homer and Bart, they're baiting the beavers with tables and chairs and as well as the minibar. They're going through everything and they steal a $17 deck of cards and take a photo with the camera, get the red eye. <laughs> I feel like that's, not a, that's a thing of the past now, red eye. You don't really see it in on um, phone cameras, do you? No, no. I guess Just, I guess it comes from Flash, though. So yeah. But anyway, yeah. So they they get down. They, they actually do they, quite easily, mind you. That Homer just finds the master log and it causes everything to fall apart. <laughs> yeah. It's like you guys couldn't figure that out for yourself. <laughs> like, how did, when did you become such an expert in dam architecture? But, but, but besides that. How long have these guys been living away from their home? They could just pull the master log out. I, I suppose the beavers are their gods, so they have to have to abide yeah. by them. So that's that. But finally, man has triumphed over small furry animals. <laughs> the Native Americans all return to their home. Treaty, treaty, build, treaty, peace pipe, aficionado magazine. They then thank Bart and Homer. They want to make them honorary members of their tribe. Thank you. You have restored our village and our way of life. We would like to make you honorary members of our tribe. Drink deep from these cups. The bear urine will make you strong. <laughs> Actually, it's Fresca. Fresca! Do we know what Fresca is? Is it like a passion fruit kind of thing? I thought Fresca was a form of coffee. Let's look it up. I think that's Sanka. Oh, no, Sanka is from Cool Running, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Fresca is a grapefruit-flavored citrus soft drink. Well played. Ooh. Made by the Coca-Cola Company. I like, I like Fresca. I mean, well, I like grapefruit, so I might like Fresca. I like uh, blackcurrant-flavoured things. Well, like, hang on. Look, my- look at this. Uh, flavours of Fresca include black cherry, cherry citrus, citrus lime, grapefruit, grapefruit mint, lemon, lime, and peach. We need Fresca. We need it now. We need Fresca. <laughs> Give me lots of Fresca. <laughs> now, now, now. <laughs> Let us know, American listeners, is it actually... Good? Because it yes. sounds delicious, but it could be terrible. It could be awful. I'm rather partial to Dr. Pepper, which we don't really sell. In- I've never in my life tried it. You know how you know there are certain drinks that go well with certain dishes? I think I've you've, said this. I think you've explained this. Yeah, what's the dish? Well, I, I'll get um, delightful hot chicken tenders from the Hot Chicken Project That's here, it. here yes. in Geelong. Yep. And yeah, for some reason, Coke just won't do it. It's like, no, I think Dr. Pepper is the one that really... Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, what, 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 what is the Dr. Pepper flavour? Sarsaparilla, I believe. What is the flavour of sarsaparilla? Root beer? <laughs> what is the flavour of root beer? Is it like aniseed or something? Can you, yeah, I was going to say, can you give me a flavour? <laughs> not, not what it tastes like. <laughs> okay, hang on. Let's look it up. <laughs> what? Hang on. I've just, I've got Fresca on Google. Fresca shortage. Fresca discontinued. What's going on? Is it really? Oh, well, I'll have to Google that properly later. Well, let's, let's come back to it. Let's, let's finish this episode first. Let's finish right. this episode first. Let's not get right. too sidetracked by Fresca. Well, um, but yeah, the, the, so the hang the hang of Fresca. We're now at the dance, and the, okay. basically, just one second. Sorry. Yeah. Combination of approximately <laughs> amaretto, almond, blackberry, black licorice, caramel, carrot, clove, cherry, cola, ginger, juniper, lemon. Molasses, nutmeg, orange, prune, plum, pepper, root beer, rum, raspberry, tomato, and vanilla. That's all the ingredients in the one fresca drink. A reporter asked someone to describe the taste of Dr. Pepper. He got some really weird answers. Okay. (laughs) But apparently there are 23 flavours in Dr. Pepper, and that is some of them. Oh, yeah, there you go. Um, But we're at the dance, and we've got the guy singing the song. It's just a... Uh, take your partner, but he's actually saying things like, "Don't forget the two drink minimum." Like he's just actually selling <laughs> shit during that. But um, have you ever been to like a square dance before? I've never have. I've never. We had one at school, I okay. remember, and it was actually kind of fun. Got the old hay bales in there and everything. Got it, it all set up. Did yep. indeed. Yeah, break out the Miller shirt and the uh, and the caddy boots. Yep, yep. Did you wear the hat? You got to wear the hat. I did not wear a hat. Oh no, you didn't go all in. I oh, know. Not a true cowboy. Not a true son of the West. No wonder the love of your life when you were a teenager didn't go go for you. What was her name? Who, who, who was the girl you said she was gorgeous in your high school? Oh, gosh. Oh, Mia McKenzie. Mia McKenzie. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, Mia, if you're Mia listening, hi. Yeah. <laughs> it's me, Guy Davis. <laughs> you remember? 
<laughs> you may remember me from such square dances as. <laughs> but uh, she, uh, Lisa tries to say to Luke, because Luke's a bit worried. Why is Clara not there yet? <laughs> what? You may remember me from Left is Fly and Done and Booger in His Nose. Yeah. <laughs> Vomiting in a gutter. <laughs> Good times, that party. But Luke's a bit worried because Clara's not there yet and Lisa tries to comfort him by saying, you know, maybe she just doesn't understand how special you are. And he's like, what are you talking about? It doesn't sound like my sister. And she realizes, oh, shit, sister. You mean she's not your girlfriend? Oh, no, they outlawed that mistake two years, two years ago. ago. <laughs> two um, but she said, she grabs Bart straight away. Fucked up. we got to go fix this. You know, I, can't, I haven't got time to explain. I don't care. I'm just totally caught up in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> runs off with her. We didn't get the rich Texan, rich Texan explain that he's going to be going to jail because a stray bullet of his hit a Texas Ranger, but he'll be back in six, six months. months. <laughs> but unfortunately, blanks just don't feel the same. We're now going through uh, the forest looking for Clara. A little bit of a, I don't know, animation gag here. Got the owl, the wolf, and the rabbit, which sounds like a dolphin. <laughs> yeah. Lisa and Bart then go to find her, and they realize that the river is blocking the trail where the trail once was, which I liked how they brought the two stories together, together. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clever. Made, made sense. Because, and actually that sort of goes to your point, because Lisa wouldn't have thought that the, the trail would have been any danger because there was no river there. That's correct. Yeah, where this river come from. And unfortunately, Clara can't swim. She's one lesson short, <laughs> but then uses the beavers to uh, to cut the tree down and then um, it goes down and she walks to her safety. It's kind of anticlimactic, but, you know, it gets the job done. Lisa owns up and confesses that, you know, what she was doing, she was trying to, to steal Luke from her. And as she tries to say to Lisa, you know, there's more important things in life in this world than boys. Hello, handsome. What's up, cutie breath? <laughs> just, I like it. Just, it's just kids being kids. The family are now all leaving. You know what I liked about the Clara character is that she didn't tell Luke on Lisa. Because, mm. you know, did she tell you anything else? And she goes, no, no. She just says she can't believe she got lost on that trail. It's like she covered for Lisa there. Yeah. The sister and, uh, code. Yes. But Lisa comes clean. And uh, Luke is just not a fan at all. You got a lot of hutzpah, Missy. Well, that's right. So, go, yeah, so Luke is clearly not a dyed-in-the-wool cowboy, but, yeah, a city slicker himself, essentially. Lisa's sad. She, she had her first crush, and all it did was make her do terrible things and then break her heart. And I'm like, what? It's not your first crush. You know this, but anyway. Yeah. Marge says, you know, one day you'll find a man you love so much it hurts. Who is he? <laughs> you, Homer. In your face, imaginary, imaginary guy. guy. <laughs> I thought that was actually pretty nice of of Marge, that whole explanation. You know, it's like, yeah. Lisa, welcome to love. <laughs> yeah. Marge and Lisa tend to have very nice heartfelt moments like that from time to time. It works well. And then they turn on the radio to see what's come on now to take the place of Homer. And it is the most is like connection produced by David, David Byrne. <laughs> Coming up next, Springfield's latest one-hit wonder, The Most Sizzlack Connection, produced by David Byrne. Oh, mo, mo. How do you like me? How do you like me? Mo, mo, mo. Why don't you like me? Nobody likes me. Is it the? That's not the first time we've heard that, is it? No, that that song, uh, Disco Stu played it when Marge goes to see him at some point. Oh, it's the the sugar episode, and he's snorting sugar. Remember? Okay. Remember she's trying to remember she's trying to get sugar banned in Springfield. That's right. And she's, that's and she's got she's got the um the the form for everyone to sign. And he's he's like he can't give up sugar. He starts snorting, it and then he starts he puts that song on. What, what's the actual song the called? The song is more, 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 more. That's it. Yeah. How do you so, like it? How do you like it? And now the mo version is, which I thought we'd heard before this, but this is the first time for that. Yeah, where, yeah, where yeah. it's mo, mo, mo. Why yeah. do you like me? Nobody likes me. They go back to the ranch though. Um, what? What? Oh, let's go back to the ranch because they don't want to hear the song. Is that right? Yeah, they, they're sick of that song already. So they go back Correct. to the ranch. Rides like a cowboy, like a horse, I should say. Can't be good for the struts and end episode. Yeah, it was fine. It was, um, like we said at the start, by no means a great episode. No, by no means a classic. Definitely one of the weaker ones, I think, of season 14. But there was definitely enough chuckles, enough laughs, good, enjoyable B-plot, and a good yeah. guest, couple of good guest appearances as well. So, yeah. cool. I would, in the future, I'll say, oh, it's the one with David Byrne. Yeah. Yeah, good one. <laughs> and JTT. And JTT. But David Byrne. Most of David Byrne. And Andy Circus. Yes, of course, yes. <laughs> what did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? Uh, never dance on a Simonized bonnet. No. Have you tried it before? Never have. Huh. <laughs> I learned that love hurts. Oh, my God. <laughs> and was it, who, who sings that? Nazareth? Is that the band? Is it? Or was, it the Jay, was it the Jay Giles band? 
No, 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 it's Nazareth. It's Nazareth. It I'm is gonna, Nazareth. I'm going to bet both of my testicles that it's Nazareth. Okay, well, put them on the table. Do you want me to? <laughs> <laughs> this is audio, so hang on a sec. Love Hurts, song by Nazareth. Okay. Ah, there we go. Oh, also Roy, also Roy Orbison. Oh, really? Okay. Roy Orbison, the big O. Mm. Um, anyway, enough of what we learned. It's now time for... From this day forward, your names will be... The current leaderboard for the Guy Davis New Name Championship stands at this equal in third position. We have Steve Roberts and Luke McKay on nine, Talia Enriquez on 15 and second, and Philip Hawkins on 25. Mm. Take it away. A couple of honourable mentions before we get to 3 2 1. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this from Jordan Saville, the hateful eight year old. <laughs> Yeah, perfect. Yep, I like not, it. Not too bad. Out, out, I mean, again, hateful Eight's kind of out in like a ranch ish. It's like a it's a cabin. western. It's a cabin. Yeah, yeah, sort of. And Deal Gorman provided us with burn notice. Not too bad. But one point, and two people are sharing a point each. Steve Roberts and Luke McKay both gave us Silverado. Well, they're, they're, that's very good. They're both on th- uh, in third position, equal. So they're, they've just they're still equal third. <laughs> <laughs> Those two are inseparable. Um, two points go to Talia Enriquez. Ooh, Talia climbing up. She's, watch out, Phil. She's coming. Mm, watch out for two points for a million ways to lie in the West. Another good title from Talia. She really wants that first prize. Well played. She does, and she may well get it. But three points. Go mm-hmm. to Philip Hawkins. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, three points go to Jared Hornby. Jared Hornby. He is on the leaderboard, I believe. Let's find Jared's name. I'm certain I read out Jared. Oh, yeah, he's on one point, so he's now on four. What's, what's Jared got for us? Simple but effective. Leave it to Beaver. Good title. Well played, Jared. So Okay, so Jared's now on four, but the leaderboard hasn't changed. Still got Steve and Luke equal third. Talia has gained two points on Phil Hawkins, though. She's now on 17. Phil's on 25 points. This was episode 18, I believe, of the season. So mm-hmm. there's still four more episodes, 19, 20. I think four or five more episodes left in this season. Plenty of time to catch up, Talia. You can do this. You can do it. You've got to beat the Phil Hawkins. But, you know, Phil is pretty damn good. So I'm sure he'll be back with a vengeance next week. <laughs> but enough about that, Mr. Davis. There's now time for the mailbag. Javale! Javale is here! Ooh. All right. First question here comes from Andrew JP. And I haven't even read this. It says, what's one song you loved at first but got sick of due to overexposure? I think for me, I don't like uh, Welcome to the Jungle as much anymore. Oh. Because it's just like the song that every radio station plays. Like yeah. I like Guns N' Roses, but it's just like, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying it's a bad song, but. If I'm listening yeah. to Guns N' Roses, I tend to skip Welcome to the Jungle because I'm just like, ah, I've heard this a million times. Yeah. What about you? Uh, it's Billy Joel's Piano Man. Actually. Oh, man, I'm the same. Like, people fucking go ballistic about that. And I, like I said, I know it's a great song, iconic song. Yeah. It's just played too much. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big Billy Joel fan. I, I think he's a terrific songwriter. But uh, And that's a very, you know, good, evocative song. But you know, I've just heard it one too many times, baby. Wonderwall's another one. True. Yeah, just every fucking cover artist. Can you play Wonderwall? <laughs> but if you're like 16 and you pull the guitar at like a fucking party, and you play Wonderwall, you're in. <laughs> That's you being a magnet. <laughs> All right. Keith Nedham says, have you ever been to a dude ranch or is it called something else down under? Oh, so these things are actually called dude ranches, are they? Okay. I never knew that. Hmm. I have I have not. Um, I don't think we have ranches, do we? Well, we have properties. We have, we have farms, but not ranches. Farms and properties, yes. Yeah. But we don't, we, you don't go and hang out at the farm. Like, like if your family owns the farm, one of you might go there. But we don't, we don't have farms where you... Oh, maybe we do, do we? We can just go... It's more like petting zoos as opposed to farms. I think so. I think you can go to places where you can like ride a horse around or something. And- yeah, yeah, possibly. Uh, D.L. Gorman says, what's your favourite Shatner cover? Oh, it's got to be Mr. Tambourine Man, hasn't it? Although, what else did he? What else did he cover? Let's Google best Shatner covers. There's nothing springing to mind. Rocket Man, that's the one I'm thinking of. Mm. Yeah, and Lucy in the Sky of Diamonds is pretty great as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Lucy in the Sky of Diamonds. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, William, what were you thinking? I know, right? Oh, he's thinking about all the money he was going to make from selling these. <laughs> All right, let's do a couple more questions and we'll wrap this one up. All right. All right. 
Cheryl Wisniewski. I'm sorry for mispronouncing your last name. <laughs> What's the stupidest, most dangerous, most embarrassing thing you've ever done to try to impress a girl? Got married. Oh, no. You're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no, I, I take that back. I meant every word of it when I, at the time. <laughs> I do, I do, I do, I do. <laughs> What's the stupidest thing I've ever done to impress a girl? Mm, what is the stupidest thing I've ever done? What about yourself, Mr. Davis? I'm sure you've, you've done a lot more wacky things than I've done in my time. I think I went through a stage in my oh, early oh, actually, 20s. I've, I've got oh. one spring to one. <laughs> so, just come to me. A girl, that, said, um, a girl said that she doesn't like too much chest hair, so I shaved off all of my chest hair. Whoa. But that was too much chest hair to be shaved off. She wanted a ball baby. <laughs> oh, my Didn't God. Didn't work. <laughs> what about you? I think I went through a stage in my early 20s where I would drink too much and jump into pools fully clothed to show that I was wacky. <laughs> Just picture you like, like an animal house. Pretty much. Don't know if it worked all that often. <laughs> <laughs> I think I went home did, alone a lot. Did people ever give you a high five when you got out? Were they just like... Whoa! Oh, guy, you're so crazy! It's you're like, outrageous! <laughs> Check out this guy! Oh, who knows what he's going to do next? <laughs> Brian Hughes says, Guy, how does this episode compare to Simpson Safari? <laughs> um, far more... Far preferable. Much better. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, it's a silly ass question, sir. That's a silly Billy question. Uh, and final question is from Georgia Catherine. Tell us the story of your first love, particularly if it was an older woman like Lisa with Luke. I can answer this. All right, dude. I'll, I'll, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to bother answering. I'm going to settle in for Guy Davis story time. It, look, it's not that interesting. But I Make think I was about 12 or 13, and there was a 15 year old girl named Bridget who. Did you steal her diary? I did not steal her diary, no. Um, but for some reason, she was sort of paying attention to me. And, you know, like... When they give you the double look, it's like... That was yeah, seeming like she was flirting and interested in what I was saying. And, you know, I was kind of like, oh, well, okay, yeah, I'll do anything for you, Bridget. Um, and then... <laughs> That's exactly what goes through every boy's mind. Yeah, and like... I will do anything for you. And this was like... <laughs> Somehow I've elongated this in my mind that it was like some huge thing. It was probably like two days that she I paid attention like for, to me. But that first day feels like forever. Though. Yeah. And then I remember that she started paying attention to some other guy and just sort of, not literally gave me the brush off, but she sort of looked at me like, eh. I'm like, oh man, for real? Love hurts. Love definitely hurts. <laughs> Nazareth wasn't bullshitting. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So, thanks, no thanks heaps, Bridget. Um <laughs> But hey, it all worked out fine in the end. All right. For me, oh, um, don't know about you. <laughs> Not that I care, Bridget. That is our <laughs> review of Dude, Where's My Ranch? I hope you guys enjoyed it because it was fun to discuss this episode. I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed this episode. Next week, we're going to be reviewing the episode Old Yellow Belly, which is a good episode. It's a fun one. It's where Santa's Little Helper becomes the spokesman, the party dog for Duff Beer. Oh, mascot cool. of Duff Beer. It's, it's a lot of fun. It takes the job of Duff Man. It's, 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 it's good. So that is next week's episode. Don't forget, guys, it is Christmas time coming up. Ho, ho, and ho. If you want to get a really cheap and uh, effective Christmas present for somebody who's a Simpsons fan, Four Finger Discount Patreon subscription is the way to go. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to exclusive podcasts. Listen, guys, we're going to reveal it now. In about a week's time, during December at some point, Guy and I are going to be uploading our review of The Simpsons, not review, our commentary, commentary of The Simpsons movie. You've asked for it, and now we're going to deliver it. And it's going to be available to all patrons. So if you're one of those people who is just like, I want to support the guys and get access to, you know, hours upon hours upon hours upon hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of exclusive content, I'm not really sure if Patreon's my thing. <laughs> you can just sign up for $1, just $1, and you will get access to our Simpsons movie commentary. Just one single dollar. A bargain, the twice the price. Exactly. Test the waters, and if you like what you hear, you may want to stick around, because for being a $1 patron as well, you also get access into the Facebook group, where you get to banter with Guy and myself and all the other patrons on a daily basis. It's a really good 
uh, like-minded community in there. We're all huge Simpsons fans, and uh, I know if you're a Simpsons fan, you'll love being a part of the Four Finger Discount Facebook community. So that's just for $1 per month. So if you want, if someone said to you, what do you want for Christmas? I want to be a Four Finger Discount patron. Now, yeah. now, 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 now. <laughs> you're just going to go to patreon.com slash discount For just $1, you'll be able to hear by Christmas, it's going to be up by Christmas, our commentary of the Simpsons movie. Why wouldn't you do that, Mr. Davis? Why wouldn't you do that? You've got you to shill at some point. Absolutely you do, and you've shilled enough for both of us. <laughs> Don't forget to keep sending in your reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts. Let's see if we've got any new ones this week, Mr. Davis. Four Ooh, finger discount. We're still on the 503. I don't believe we have any new reviews this week. So please, guys, if you do have a couple of spare moments, jump on Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars and a few kind words, and we will read it out on the show. Don't forget to continue to follow us on Instagram at Four Finger Discount and at Four Finger Pod on the Twitter. But Mr. Davis, this has been Dude, Where's My Ranch? Next week is Old Yellowbelly. But for now, any final words for our incredible listeners? These podcasts suck. It's worse than nothing. Shh.